0: Would you turn your Bible, please, to Ephesians, the book of Ephesians. And again, we continue the focus on those things which are essential to personal soul winning. We've been doing this for several Wednesday nights and in the services on Sunday. We have spoken already of the essential of prayer. There can be nothing accomplished for eternity without prayer. And a key verse in prayer is Jeremiah 33:3 that was quoted a little earlier tonight. Call unto me, and I will show thee, I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And Jesus taught us to pray. And we're told to lift up holy hands in prayer. And we're told to pray without ceasing. We cannot accomplish anything for eternity's sake without prayer. But a second essential, if we're going to be soul winners or winners of men to Christ, is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, we can persuade men some things, and we can talk to some people about some things we can even be uh, we can match wits with somebody we can be a little bit persuasive we might even be able to get some people down the aisle we might even be able to get some people to make some professions of faith if we're extremely winsome but as far as getting them saved and having fruit that will count for eternity, it's impossible without the power of the Holy Spirit. He is the one we need. Now, the Holy Spirit comes into our heart the moment we give our heart to Jesus. Technically, the Bible speaks of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God the Father, the Creator. God the Son, the Redeemer. God the Holy Spirit the agent of redemption or, re- or, or regeneration. But the Bible also says that Jesus ascended back to the Father and is at the right hand of the Father. And when we open our heart to Jesus, the one that comes into our heart, spoken of specifically in the Scripture, is the Holy Spirit. And without the Holy Spirit, you're not saved. But sometimes we can receive the Holy Spirit at salvation and then we can so grieve him and so ignore him and disobey him that he has no access in our life. He has no authority, no power. And so we have have very little joy, we have very little little, uh, authority, we have very little effectiveness And so in Ephesians, we just want to examine for a few moments tonight these chapters that tell us so much about the Holy Spirit. Someone has said the book of Ephesians is a guidebook to the Holy Spirit. A whole lot is said in this little book concerning the Spirit of God. I suppose in order to understand the Holy Spirit, you have to begin in Genesis, in the beginning God, Elohim, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep. And God said, Let us make man in our image. The us referring to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And then in the book of John, Jesus said, It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come. And uh, when I go, I will send the promise of the Father. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they believe not on me, the sin of unbelief, of righteousness because I go to my father and ye see me no more. No more. The the righteousness of Christ, of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. That is the judgment of the devil and of all the lost. That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's his main work. But when we get to the book of Ephesians, we see some specifically important things, and I want you to just look at them in outline fashion tonight, just for a few moments. Look in Ephesians chapter one, and you can write this down in your heart. The Holy Spirit is the source of blessing. Look at verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestined us unto the adoption of sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, through which He hath made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace, in which He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. Now in all of this section, interestingly enough, the Holy Spirit is not mentioned. The reason he is not mentioned, he is the author of this. His main business is to point to Jesus. But without the Holy Spirit, none of this blessing would come to us because he's the agent of these blessings. He's the source of these blessings. He's the one that makes all this possible to us. Now look in verses 13 and 14, He is not only the source of blessing, He is the basis of assurance in whom ye also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after ye believed ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise who is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of His glory. And so the Holy Spirit not only is the agent of all God's blessings and the source of from which the channel through which the Holy Spirit's blessings, the the blessings of God come into us, but He is the basis of the assurance that we're God's child. And the reason that's, the, the, the illustration of that is that He is the down payment or the earnest that God lives in us and we're on our way to heaven. He is the earnest of God in our life. If I should say to you tonight, Where are you going to go when you die? And you say, I am on my way to Emmanuel's land. I'm going to heaven. Heaven is my home. And if I say, well, how do you know that? You might say, well, because the word of God says it. Who wrote the word of God? Who wrote the word of God? The Holy Spirit. You might say, well, I believe God's promise. Where would you get God's promise? The Holy Spirit gave it to us. Or you might say, Well, I have that witness inside. Where'd you get that? That's the earnest of God, the Holy Spirit, that abides in your heart. He is the basis of our assurance. Now, beloved, if we do not have the power or the Holy Spirit in our lives, then we're not of His. Now, thirdly, look down in verse 17. He is the source of spiritual enlightenment. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you might know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. The Holy Spirit is the source of all this spiritual enlightenment. Where are you gonna get wisdom? Where are you gonna get enlightenment? That all comes from the Holy Spirit. In Psalm 119, verses nine, 10, and 11, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee, O let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Now all of that, the Holy Spirit is the author of that word. And he is the source of spiritual power, he is the spiritual source of spiritual enlightenment. Now look in chapter two. He is not only this, but he is the agent of redemption. Look at verse 1. And you hath he made alive, quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sin, in which in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air the Spirit that now worketh in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all had our manner of life in times past in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in his mercy for his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath made us alive together with Christ, by grace are you saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his glory in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast." Now, the Holy Spirit is the agent of regeneration. It is he who knocks on our heart's door and makes us aware of our need of God. He's the one that convicts us of the sin of unbelief. Otherwise, we wouldn't know we were lost. You, you, you take a very fine moral person, a righteously moral person, Trusting in his own righteousness. And many of you know some like this. They don't cuss and swear and snort and run around on their families. And uh, they're honest and they make a good living and they're respected. But they're lost. What does it take to convict that person of his lostness? Only the Holy Spirit. You and I can't do it. We're not persuasive enough. But the Holy Spirit can do it and he does it by his word. The word of God. He is the agent of the new birth. Now look in beginning in chapter two verse nineteen. The Holy Spirit is the author of unity. Now therefore you are no more strangers and sojourners, but fellow citizens with the saints of the household of God. And you are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto the holy temple of the Lord. In the Lord, in whom ye also are built together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, who is the author of the unity of the saved and the saints. He's the one that takes us from all walks of life, all economic backgrounds, all ethnic backgrounds, and makes us one in Christ. He is the one that puts the church together. And when we sing the praises of Jesus, and we come and bring our offerings to Him, and we come and give our testimonies, and we come and hear the Word of God studied, and we study it, and we hear it preached, it is the Holy Spirit that gives an amen inside of our heart. He is the one that puts us all together. He is the mortar between the bricks of our lives that makes the bricks of our lives stick together, individually and as a church he's the Holy Spirit that's all the time we'll have tonight but isn't it wonderful what the Holy Spirit does now we haven't said a word about soul winning beloved when we're filled with the Holy Spirit he does the winning we don't have to do it he does it we're not a lawyer therefore you don't have to be afraid to say well I'm afraid if I go out sometime and go with somebody and go knock on somebody's door someone will ask me a question I'll know the answer to so what? If you allow the Holy Spirit to operate through you, He does the winning. He does the witnessing. He's the one that points people to Jesus. And He can take our flimsy, feeble words and point someone right to Calvary. And they can get saved. So what we need to do is say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me with thyself. Let's pray. Our Father, we pray tonight for the Holy Spirit's fullness in our lives. For everyone within the sound of our voice tonight, may everyone seek the power and the fullness and the person and the the, the liberty of the Holy Spirit within us. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen.